0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Deeper and it is a delight as always to welcome Rob. Hi Rob.
1: Hi Steve and welcome everybody else who's taken the time to listen to us, two old men rambling.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the ramblings of a couple of old men. So uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to ramble around Psalm 127. Rob preached on it. If you've not watched that sermon, I'd encourage you to do so. Um, it was. Uh, it's. It's well worth watching. It's well, well. It's more than watching. It's well worth listening to and applying. How? Let's put it that way. Uh, we're not into entertainment, are we, Rob? No.
1: no. <laughs> Even yeah, though. By the quality of the jokes.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, we. I, I haven't checked yet to see if they have cut out that joke. <laughs> I'll have to go and check now. For those. Who I did
1: check, Stephen. They didn't cut it out. You. They didn't. No.
0: have they not? Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> It's well worth it for the worst joke in the world right at the beginning. <laughs> um, so do please watch it. So why don't you read Psalm 127, press pause, watch, uh, read the passage, maybe read it in a couple of versions, um, read it slowly, allow the words to sink into your soul, and then restart. Okay, then, so uh, we're going to go through this psalm uh, verse by verse. And I don't think we need to to kind of recount what this whole kind of series of psalms is about. We've done it pretty much every week, and this is the last week that we're doing on the Psalms in a If you want to know what these psalms are about, go back to the first one we did and watch that. Um, so Psalm 1, Rob, why don't you... Sorry, Psalm 1, T 7, verse 1. Why don't you start off? What do you see here in this verse? Um, for me, in this, this
1: verse, I, I think, you know, it's, it's not that complicated but there's two parts to it it's that you know unless the the lord builds the house the builder's labor in vain and then he gives another analogy in the second half it's saying the same thing but it's not saying that god only does everything it says that the laborers labor in vain you know so so it's not expecting you not to labor it's just that you have to do whatever you're doing with god yeah, you know, and the, the second half basically says the same thing. You know, unless you, the Lord watches over the city, the people watch over it, watch over it in vain. Mm. Uh, so for me, it's a very straightforward thing. It's it's whatever you're doing, it, do it with God. Whatever these important things are, you know, the building of the house, the watching over the over the city were important things. They weren't trivial matters. They were the biggies for, you know important things. So if you're doing something important, do it, but do it with God
0: absolutely yeah and you know it's uh cuz I, I like to look at some of these uh, things i like to look at what the hebrew words are in the verse i kind of stuff. i don't really know hebrew but kind of getting indications of what words they're using uh and it's exactly the same word that you, that's used for the lord builds and the builder's labor it's exactly the same word so there's kind of there's no differentiation there it's like god's going to build it and he builds it through us, but we have to have him involved. Otherwise, it's fruitless and it's worthless, which is what the whole thing about it being in vain means, isn't it? It means it's yeah. fruitless and worthless. It's being pointless. Um, and that's the danger for all Christian work, isn't it? We, we yeah. do it in our own strength. We can just kind of crack on with stuff that we think is a great idea. Don't even um, come to God and ask him to you know be involved in it. And yeah, it becomes pointless, fruitless, and worthless. The question that kind of, when I read this psalm, um, one question that people have, I guess, is, uh, is is the writer talking about houses and cities and families, or is all that simply picture language for something else? Because it would be very easy to take this incredibly literally, wouldn't it? Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I've got my opinion. What were you on this?
1: I personally think he's using examples of things that people would understand. The The examples throughout the psalm, especially in verses three to five, are just uh, analogies for, for people to grasp. And me, really, no way is is this just been literal about, it's only in these two circumstances, the building of a house or the watching of a city yeah. where God's involved, anything else you do by yourself. He's just setting examples that... that the the people who are, who could read it could understand, especially as they're walking up to you know up to Zion, where you know the, there was these watchers o- over the over the city. That was a very visual example uh, uh, to use in that respect. But no, for me, it's a uh, completely metaphorical. Yeah, uh, the whole the whole lot of it.
0: No, I, I'm with you on that one. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And uh, even though it is that, I do like that idea that. The Lord is involved in both the building of something and the watching over it, the guarding of it. Yeah. Um, you know, God, God will protect what he builds. And um, whether that is the you know building your life, he'll protect it, or building church, he'll protect it. Uh, when we put God at the center, it's not that he's just going to create something. He's going to watch over it as well. He's going to nurture it and allow it to flourish, which is the kind of image I quite like. Let's move on to verse 2. Um, in vain you rise early and stay late that sounds like me to be honest (laughs) Uh, touring for food to eat, but he grants sleep to those he loves go on Rob give us your wisdom
1: well what I find provocative on that is once again at a basic level it's pretty straightforward to understand at a basic level we're saying you you know if you're working pursuing your career without god mm. you know Sam saul says it's vanity um and w- at one level we say yeah we understand that we, we have to we have to get god involved but otherwise it's just mean- meaningless effort but for me a, a tougher question or application of that is okay i understand that but how do i get god involved it's one thing saying as a teacher or as a, as a politician or as wh- whatever it may whatever your occupation is you know, as a road sweeper or whatever, you know, it's one thing understanding the theory of yes, I I understand that I need to get God involved, otherwise it's just it's just effort and it's and uh, and it's worthless. But then, a, how do I get God involved? And B, if I don't get God involved, why is it worthless? If I'm an atheist and a teacher educating the children of this country, yeah. You tell me it's worthless. You tell me it's vanity. Yeah. So the, at one level, we can say, yeah, we need to get God involved; otherwise, it's worthless. But for me, it's far far more important to dig into how do I get God involved, and why is it worthless if I don't get him involved?
0: Indeed, absolutely. I think um, I thought you brought us out really well. That you know, it's it is a good. It's, it's not saying you shouldn't have a, a career that you enjoy and love but it's about getting the balance right, isn't it? It's about um, making sure that God's always first. Otherwise, it can easily become something that you detest. Um, One of the things that I like about uh, this um, verse is, uh, in the NIV it says, um, uh, sorry, I'm just looking for it, uh, Touring for food to eat. Uh, In other versions, it talks about the bread of sorrows, um, which is a really kind of graphic way of talking about it, but the the idea there is kind of grieving and longing for something, you know, something basic like food, which is actually a necessity for life. But even if you're seeking the necessities of life without God, it can become fruitless and vanity. And I think it's, it, the whole thing here is just putting God right at the center of absolutely everything we do.
1: Well, that's what I mean. When I was thinking about this, I, uh, just to clarify my own question, it wasn't that the that what you're doing is worthless. It's what it gives to you is worthless. So, i.e., if you are uh, teaching children, uh, th- there's value in that. Whether you whether you you're, you're a, a Christian or not, we're not trying to say if you're not a Christian, you you know you can't be a good teacher. There's value in that. But the value to you about giving you food, giving you satisfaction—if you're trying to get your satisfaction from it without God, that's where it's vanity. That's where it's empty. Yeah. You know, like you know, like I, I, I was—you know—giving the example of, of the, the the doctor who says, "No, I'm completely fulfilled," you know, in in my job. You know, who I say, "Well, no." No, you know you may you may think you are, but you're missing out. You're missing out on, on a, the key relationship, which is having God involved in in, in that job, you know, and not obviously missing out in many other relationships as well. If that's all you do,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but so, so just that God is not saying it, or the psalmist is not saying that there's nothing of value in what you are doing. They're saying, you know, that the self value, yeah. trying to get self worth or self esteem from doing that is, is a valueless task is a, is a task of vanity yeah. if God's not involved in
0: it. Absolutely. And then I like how this verse ends um, in the NIV. It says, uh, for he grants sleep to those he loves. And of course, if you are um, anxious about something, if you're worried about something, if you're striving for something, sleep isn't always easy for those who, who know that God's involved in their life in every aspect of their life. Uh, that comes with peace, yeah. You know, the the kind of the natural consequence of that is peace, and with peace comes rest. And yeah. you know, I think there's a just a beautiful little um, ending to that v- verse. And then verse three, four, and five it kind of takes a bit of a shift, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it, but but it does. Well, I say it, it kind of gives you the three, four, and five to me expand on the the concept that is planted in verse two. Is you know. As I mentioned in the sermon, in isolation, they can be a bit confusing and start skewing your understanding of of children and you yeah. know, God's blessing and such like. And the church has done a really bad job because of misunderstanding these verses, having mm-hmm. a downer on on people who are single or or people who marry without children. They they take these verses to say, you know, that that you're, you're cursed by God and such like, which is, I believe, a misappropriation of these verses.
0: That's right, and it, it was, but it was a common um, idea within a lot of Old Testament thought, wasn't it? That yes. uh, the children were a reward, a blessing, uh, and they are a blessing, yeah, kind of. Um, they Can't believe you said that. Come <laughs> balanced child, put it that way. Um, but you know, things like you know Hannah, who's in the temple, longing for a child, longing for a son, and. Um, and we see it in other points as well, that there was a sense in which children were, were a blessing. And to some extent, in that context, uh, they were more... I mean, we, talk, we call about kids a blessing now because they give us joy. Mm. For someone in that time, that kids were your pension. Yeah. You know, and they were, and they,
1: your physical security to get to pension age. That's <laughs> Maybe right.
0: 35, 40 at that point in time. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, Without kids, your future never looked great. You're always going to be isolated, perhaps. You were going to struggle. Uh, it was kids who enabled you to have some level of security and protection as you you grew older. So you yeah. can see where that idea comes from. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but it's not... Um, it's it doesn't carry reason. over into the New Testament particularly, does it either? No,
1: yeah. it doesn't. And there's no way can you imply from that in the 21st century that if you haven't got children or unable to have children, that you're unloved mm. by God or unblessed by God or you know lesser being, you know, because of that. Which yeah. yeah, some people can can feel that way by 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 how they're treated by other people.
0: That's right. And so here, the uh, a heritage in verse three and rewards, but, you know, we've talked about that. And then in verse four, the, the likened to arrows in the hands of a warrior. Um, that's an interesting idea, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, we, we can under, understand, um, you, know, you know, that very simple uh, analogy that obviously arrows in the hand of a warrior were very powerful, very helpful, but, you know, very useful. You know, if you're coming at a warrior, you'd rather have lots of arrows than not many arrows. And if you're going to utilise them, you know, they, they would protect you. So it's a very vivid uh, uh, illustration, you know, with, uh, with regards to, you know, how important in that culture at that time children were. And, you know, as it, as it says in verse, verse 5, if somebody was coming to your gate, you had to defend yourself. Some translations have that in, in a court setting because oh. the, the gate of the city is, is where the elders would, would discuss you know legal hey, matters yeah, yeah. And, and if you're there with a big family backing you up, you know you know it's it's a, a very handy situation to to be in. some see it as a physical attack situation linking on to the, the arrows and the your quiver. and the enemies at the gate was a physical attack on a, a, a city a town or mm. your home and once again, A big family, lots of sons would would give you security in that situation.
0: Yeah. And we were talking earlier, weren't we? That, um, uh, so I mean, you were talking about how you read somewhere that someone had kind of read into this like uh, an arrow is, you know, needs a lot of time to make and needs to be, you know, finely sharpened. And then with an arrow, you set it off into the distance. And that's just like children. That's what we, and, you had an opinion on that, which I share. So do you want to just share that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a, a lovely uh, analogy that, that the person had done. And it's a, a powerful analogy of how, you know, in, in modern life as parents, we shape our children, we put in time and effort and money uh, into shaping our children. And then we have to fire them off in, into the world to, to go and fulfil their purpose, which is correct. That's what we do now. But it wasn't what they did uh, at the time of the, the writing of, of this. Children were not fired off into the world to go and have their own adventures and go and plot their own careers in some far distant place. They stayed at home. They were part of the family business, part of the security. As you mentioned, the old pension for the parents, the family business and all that kind of stuff. So though it's a lovely analogy, it was categorically not what the writer of the psalm had in mind when uh, when he wrote it and we do have to be careful but trying to spend time understanding what the writer was trying to say before we go and apply it in all different wonderful ways.
0: Yeah and I, I was bringing it up because I think one of the things that, um, that we've been trying to do in deeper is to help people understand the context in which everything that we've looked at is written because uh, the danger is if you read something and don't understand it you simply try and understand it from your own perspective yeah. And now you know, kids do leave home and go off on their adventures, as you say, uh, and and you could read that into that passage, but it is entirely wrong. You know, yes. it's not what the it's not what the writer's saying, uh, and it's it doesn't take much to try and find out now because of the internet. You know, if you go to the right places, there's some terrible places to go to, but if you go to the right places, you can get information to help you understand the scriptures in their own context. Yeah. Uh, and that's really important in helping us us today decipher what God is saying to us today. Uh, it always needs some translation, you know, from yeah. the, that context to our context. But it need it needs to it needs that work done. We can't simply read into Scripture what we want to see.
1: And and what I would say, let me encourage anybody who's, who's listening to this. I was chatting to somebody uh, since my sermon yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday, and they were saying how did you have that much knowledge from and how did you know that the Edinburgh's motto was, you know, Nisi Dominus Frustrata or Frustra? And I said, I didn't. What do you mean? I said, no, when I started the, the preparing, I didn't know much about this passage whatsoever. I put in a bit of time and effort to study it and find out the information. And guess what? As Steve just said, you can do that too. You know, it, well, we're not geniuses, myself. Well, I'm not a genius. You know, I'll let Steve speak for himself. And what <laughs> he does is if you look behind his head and look behind my head, we read mm-hmm. lots of books on different things and, you know, even just parts of them and you get the information or you go online and it's at your fingertips.
0: Mm-hmm. So but we
1: need to encourage you to put the effort in.
0: Yeah, it all needs that effort. And what the, what the context here is talking about is really about God's provision for our uh, in terms of us not having to constantly work for stuff ourselves, but He will always come in and help us build. So, like when it talks about sons and children, the, the Hebrew word is actually related to the word build, which yes, is interesting. it's a, it's a poem.
1: Yeah. I saw that, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and that 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 to me is fascinating because you know, you you are building something, but unless the Lord builds it, it's in vain, and you know, we. We need to keep that in mind when we're reading these verses. What God's saying is, you know, you can't do anything. If children are simply a gift from God, then even that you cannot control yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, it is all down to, to him. Um, so anything else you want to say about those verses, Rob? Well, I,
1: I see. I the, the simple summary that, that I gave was that, you know, these verses are saying your security comes from God. Or your security should come from. If you're trying to gain your security from elsewhere, then you're going to struggle. Your security for us needs to come from a relationship with God.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: which is an, an interesting challenge for us, isn't it? Which I'm sure we'll have that as a question, in some form at the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's think about uh, what all this means for us today, and we'll go a little bit wider. So uh, we're going to go uh, a little bit wider. I've just shifted my position because uh, the sun is starting to shine in on this beautiful day here in sunny Zappos. Uh So, Rob, what are the application points that, that you want to bring out of this song? Uh,
1: well, I'll just pick up what I was saying just, just before we, we, we stopped there. Uh, you know, the, these last verses are challenging the people of Israel, you know, to ask themselves, you know, how much does our security depend on our relationship with God? I think it's so easy, and uh, for me as a 21st century person, man, to look at you, my home, my job, my career, and uh, definitely, you know, it's, it's so easy for any anybody with that kind of setup to put their security in these things. They seem, they seem secure. Yeah. it seems a, a valid reason. Or thing to have faith in, to have trust in, uh, but what it can do is, well, we know that any of these things, you know, given a certain set of circumstances, can vanish, and if your security is in them and not in relationship with God, then it can shake shake your your faith. You can shake your faith in, in in God and in humanity or anything anything else. So for me, that these last verses, that the challenge from you know, is you know, to, for us to think about. In all honesty, where do we see our security? Where do we get our security from? So that is a powerful thing to contemplate.
0: It is. I think, particularly, kind of in this, uh, uh, you know, pandemic time, which has shaken a lot of people. I think, you know, we've all put our trust in certain things. You know, how we live our lives, where we get our money from, all that kind of stuff, and, and all that has now been shaken considerably. Mm. Uh, certainly, for us as Christians. It is a time, I think, to say, yeah, where is my security? Is it in God?
1: Another one I'd not mentioned, but you've kind of brought up there, is health. You know, we, we can take a health for granted, and we can we can assume, you know, we take a lot of security in, having good health and that kind of stuff, and suddenly, whatever reason, your health goes, be it COVID or anything else, and once again, you know, that that foundation, you know, plank is pulled away. Where is your security?
0: Indeed, yeah. Indeed. And I suppose one of the things that um, I wanted to draw out was just going back to, you know, who's singing these songs? And it's it's a whole group of people who are on a journey from wherever their home is, either in Israel or outside of Israel, on their journey to Jerusalem, to to go to the temple, to worship God. Um, And that would have been an incredibly profound experience for each and every one of them. Uh, And every time they did that, they sang this song and a couple of the other psalms that we've already looked at that actually all say a very similar thing. Are you putting God first in your life? You know, to put it bluntly and kind of um, crudely, really. Uh, are you putting God first? And, and actually, that, that's probably the right thing to do, is that You know, if you are going to join with thousands of others in the temple and to worship God, you've got to ask yourself that question. Wow, am I putting God first? And, and that they would have done that every time they sang that song and some like one two one is, and some of the others same kind of thing. and so um, I think for us the application is am I constantly asking myself, is God first in my life and just examining that uh, I think it's very easy to just go through life and just do the Christian things that we all do without ever really thinking about, is God first.
1: Uh, I think uh just push that a bit more the these were the committed Christians these were the the really strong believers who were sacrificing mm. you know potentially months potentially months you know but you know that kind of time frame, you know losing out financially wise because of that you know not yeah. not pursuing their careers because of that so these these were keen Christians these weren't your you know, ca- casual you know church attenders. These are keen Christians, and oh, yet
0: of oh, oh, God fearing Jews, as you might want to put it. Yeah.
1: God fearing, God fearing. Yeah, I'm applying it. Yeah, oh, yeah. this is his application God fearing Jews, but yeah. they were keen, and yet they were still asking themselves that question, you know. And I think you know, for me, the application is never assume. In fact, it's a, so dangerous to think that you're at a plateau. You reached a spiritual level of maturity, or regularity or experience where you don't have to remind yourself or ask yourself these questions. How important is God in my life? Mm. You know, is he first? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, yeah. And when I was listening to you on Sunday, I was reminded of um, a quote I'd seen seen on Twitter, I think. And um, uh, this guy said, uh, are you simply believing in Jesus or are you being deeply formed by Jesus? In other words, shaping the whole of your life around him. And yeah. that, that's the challenge. Yeah, and as you said on Sunday, you know, anyone can believe. It, it's actually taking it further than that. It's actually putting him first. Yeah. I think another application point I want to draw out, because because this whole kind of metaphor is used here, is about building. You know, we are, uh, every church in the process of rebuilding itself in some way um, after the kind of post-lockdown period. And, you know, for us as a Christchurch, we have to make sure that we are thinking about whatever we are looking to do next, whatever it is that we're thinking of changing, is God at the centre of this? Otherwise, it is just vanity. It's just pointless. And so we need to constantly check ourselves on that.
1: And also practically, what does that look like? You know, we can't just say he's at the centre. How would people recognise he is at the centre?
0: Yeah, Indeed. And, you know, what it's going, you know, practically, one of the things that we need to do is pray, which is why we're having 24 hours of prayer starting on Thursday, Friday night uh, as we celebrate our 200th anniversary of it as a church. You know, we're, we want to spend concentrated, concerted time in prayer seeking God and not asking him to bless what we do, but to listen to him and say, Lord, what do you want us to do? What are you going to start building? Um, and if anyone's not yet signed up to, to be part of that, I'd encourage you to do so now. Otherwise, it'll be too late. Uh, Final point. How
1: how would they do that, Steve? Uh,
0: Ring the office. That'd be the best thing. Ring or email the office. Thank you. Good point.
1: Yeah. One other application for me, which I find find challenging, and I I, I said it on Sunday, I think this is, in general, more so for men. I think men would be more irritated by what I'm going to say than women, is uh, the application of putting work in its right place. I think um, I, I could, I've easily annoyed some people on, on on Sunday by saying that they may be too focused on work, too focused on the, on their career. And that's a very subjective statement, that, because I don't know what too focused look like compared to your attitude towards God and the rest of your life. So for one person, although they could be doing the same thing, for some person it could be completely consuming, for somebody else it couldn't be. So it's a, it's a subjective statement. But for individuals... As an application, I would definitely want individuals to say, "How much am I focused? How much of my focus is my work taking?"
0: Yeah.
1: And, and be able to self-reflect and say, "Have I got it in the right balance?" Yeah. Uh, because and,
0: and you quite rightly expanded that from beyond work to hobbies and other things like yes. family and that kind of stuff. You know. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: All of those things can take the place of God. Uh, so let's think about some questions we can ask people and go a little bit further. Okay, then, Rob, uh, let's do some questions. Have you got a question for our listeners? Yeah, I have, yeah. A question
1: around uh, your priorities of, of how much you know God is at the centre or in charge or responsible. So if you were to look at your spending over the past three months, what would that reveal about your priorities about what's important to you mm. and and look a bit deeper into it you know you might spend a, a fortune in uh, going to watch liverpool but actually you take a, a homeless person or, or a friend every time you take them out for a meal but you want to tell them about jesus You know, so look at your intention you might spend a fortune going out for meals you may be socializing with new people from church and defending them so it's not superficial, it's not judgmental, but what would it show you about your priorities?
0: Yeah. Frank balance reveals such a lot about us, doesn't it? Yeah. That's what I normally like to look at them. <laughs> um, I suppose a follow-on then from that is how do we ensure that God is at the centre of our decision-making? How do we create a bit of a process even about making decisions that keeps God at the centre? You got another one?
1: Yeah, okay, I minute. it's a slight fall on again from that, but a uh, question for you is, what would be the signs? You can assume that all the churches does is God-centred, but sometimes what churches do can just be activity. And sometimes in our life, you know, what we do can just be activity. So what would be the signs of God-centred activities in church or mission in church? What would be the signs... For you, as, a, as an individual, or for an enemy, to have a God centered personal life, you know, living out a God centered life.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, kind of, I, I? spent a bit of time on Friday with a with an old friend of mine. She's uh, she's about to die, and uh, she spent most of her life with an incredible prophetic ministry, and uh, she was telling me about what she wanted for a funeral, and. Um, I said, Steve, I want you to just preach the gospel at my funeral, just do the gospel. And I said, I'm looking at churches, and all they are is social clubs. That's all they are. And they need to be God centered. So I think there's a thing, the challenge for us to about what's it actually look like to have a truly God centered church. And what does that look like? It's a good question. Um, and I suppose out of that, uh, You know, this whole kind of psalm is about not doing things that are worthless or fruitless. Um, How important is it actually that our life matters, that our life is fruitful? Because let's face it, most people just go through life without any thought about what their life's about. Does it have meaning? Does it have significance? Uh, We would all say it's important, but... How important is it really to us? Because if it's truly important, we will shape our life around God. So it's about how important is fruitfulness for us, if that makes any kind of sense to those who are watching this. Rob, thank you. It's always good to chat. Uh, Do please join us on uh, Sunday. Uh, Sunday is the 200th anniversary of Christchurch. We're having a special celebration, so if you are joining us in person uh, there's only one service and that's at ten thirty. and if you're joining us online uh, the the service will go out as normal at, at later on on sunday so until then stay safe goodbye now